Welcome to Beyond the Sales Floor. I'm your host, Morgan J. Ingram. And what we're going to be doing is unveiling and unpacking sales playbooks from enterprise sales leaders. This episode of Beyond the Sales Floor, we had Emerald on from Snowflake. And look, if you all wanted something that's going to hit your soul, this is the episode for you. She talked about how Katie had a massive impact in her life. Kevin Dorsey, if you don't know him, you should follow him ASAP. You're just living under a rock. Also as well, we talked about how they work <clears throat> with their ops operations team and their ABM team to have targeted accounts in the way that they prospect. I thought it was a fantastic overview. And then also if you're struggling as a sales leader right now, Emerald gives the step-by-step -step playbook on how she's becoming a better leader to empower her team to do not only better prospecting means to be, to be better humans as well. So look, if those things intrigue you at all, pay attention to this episode. You're not going to want to miss out. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Another episode, uh, which is Beyond the Sales Floor, where we find enterprise sales leaders and we talk to them about their best practices and we get in the trenches with them for their tactics. And on today's show, we have Emerald, but I'm going to let her break down her quick bio and then we're going to hop into the show. All right, Morgan, uh, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Emerald Maravilla. I'm currently a director of the America's Enterprise business at Snowflake. Um, I've been at Snowflake now for nine months, but I've been in sales dev leadership for 10 years now. Started off in the SDR role at Twilio, um, then grew into a leadership role, led teams there at SIFT, most recently at Platt. Um, before all of that, I was a nonprofit professional, actually, which I share because it's really important as to how I approach sales. Um, I always believed my time and talent should go to helping others. And folks think that that is not a thing that can be infused in sales. But I think when you focus on the customer, um, your goals as a business and their goals as in, in the market, um, they support and nurture one another. So I'm super excited to, to have found a passion and a role uh, that feeds both my competitive self. You know, we were talking about basketball before this, uh, my competitive self and and my desire to help others. Awesome. Well, it's, it's fantastic to have you here. So you mentioned your SNR, I was as well. Uh, one thing we know is experiment. So what is an experiment you're running right now that you're really excited about? Oh, uh, I don't know if I'd call this an experiment so much as it's a change in, in the framework for how I'm operating as a leader. So we were super, super, super blessed to have Kevin Dorsey come in and do a leadership training for us um, about a month and a half ago. And I, I kid you not, and I'm not exaggerating at all. He changed the way that I think about business and I think about life. Um, so he really emphasized this notion of, of one thing. And right now, my one thing, it's not going to sound super revolutionary, um, but my one thing is to focus on how many meetings we complete every week and to work with my leaders to focus on that every week. Uh, we're building the muscle of when you put forth a commit, how do you execute towards that commit? So, yeah, I mean, that's awesome that you had a session with KD. He's a good friend of mine and he's really good people and he has a lot to share on leadership. So what has been like the, what was like the number one thing that you took away from that, that has transformed your life personally, uh, that has helped you become a better leader? Yeah, I think it's the intentionality uh, that KD brings to the session and that he embodied and shared about his own life. So he says every morning he reads a declaration where he talks about who he is and how he shows up for the world. I don't, I'm sure he shared that with you and what that sounds and looks like. Um, I realized 
I was getting into a motion where I wasn't really being thoughtful about how I wanted to show up for myself and for others. Um, so I've written my own little blurb about that, which just starts my day off in a very different tone uh, than before. And and obviously that bleeds into the workplace and, and the workplace is a, is a big part of that declaration too. And so, I, I mean, I love that. I think you have to set the intent uh, and you have to set a tone of you know who you are so that you could not only know what resources, resources and skills to learn off that, but you know yourself by talking to yourself what to do. So when it, yeah. when it comes into your team, right, let's talk about how you operate with the team. How do you go about your outbound motion, ABM, spray and puree? What, what, what are you doing? I know, I know, I know Snowflake's not spraying for it. I'm kidding. But, but what are you doing over there? Oh, actually, to surprise you, we're 100% spray and fray. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, this is the thing that I love about Snowflake and it's, it's why the KD um, mantra declaration resonated so much with me because it's all about how you show up for others. Right. And we've got a really, uh, connected go to market motion for, for how we want to serve our customers. And ABM is a massive part of this. So a lot of people talk about ABM, but not a lot of people do ABM in the way that it's meant to be done. We really are an account-focused organization. So our field sales team last year, I wasn't here quite yet, but this this is the story that I'm told and that I believe in based on what I'm seeing every day. Um, they went and they selected our most important accounts, our accounts with the highest propensity to buy, uh, modeled that out, built our books of business. And then they go to the SDRs and our ABM team and they say, these are who we want to go after. So, and as an SDR org, we're very fortunate that our ABM partners run campaigns against these accounts. So they warm them up, they build that awareness and that education that is so often lacking for SDRs when they're reaching out to these folks. You know, you have a bunch of oftentimes new grads who are doing the equivalent of knocking on the door of someone's footstep and showing their briefcase of things and saying, hey, do you want to buy some of this? And oftentimes that's the first time someone is hearing about the thing that's in the briefcase. At Snowflake, we're very lucky that that's often not the case, that our ABM team is warming these folks up, giving them snippets of, of uh, material and resources that are helpful to them in their business. And so we can go in and, and further that conversation. Um, and then we hopefully do the same, right? We endeavor to do the same for RAEs. We qualify these individuals to make sure that they can benefit from the value that we offer. And then we connect them with our AEs to go deeper there. So it's a nice layered sequential approach. That's pretty much the dream of any sales development leader. Yeah. This is the opposite of spray and pray. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, a, a little more thoughtful. And, and the thing is that you're doing it in a way where everyone's equipped and prepared to be tailored, to be personal. I feel like we live in a world where someone's like, hey, go be personal and do these things, but you don't have the info to do so. So one thing that you mentioned is that you get these snippets, um, these different value offers. Yeah. How, how, how often are you doing that? Is that a once a month, once a quarter? Who owns who owns that process maybe within the, the other departments? That I think people would love to know that. Yeah. So you probably saw that big smile on my face. I think I'm a smiley person, but man, when we talk about our SDR operations team, you talk about living the dream, Morgan. Like, oh my gosh, we have an SDR operations team. What's Warriors? that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I said smile more than the, the Warriors winning. 
Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. The Warriors have my heart here. Our SD Ops team is a second here. Uh, we've got an ops team that builds out sequences for us. So that's either workload-based or persona-based, um, event-based. But they own that for our global organization. Um, and what I love about this is, again, they don't do this in a silo. Um, actually, I'm going to plug this book for Travis Henry and Hillary Carpio, our ABM and SDR ops leaders. They recently wrote a book called Busting Silos. Um, make sure you read it. Uh, but our SDR ops team, they live out this value every day. Uh, they live out this idea. Um, so they built these sequences for us, but they partnered with our SDR and our SDR leaders to create a content committee. So they pull ideas. So they understand what's going on on the ground every day when these SDRs are uh, conversing with our prospects and customers um, to put together templates that will help build efficiency for SDRs, but they've also armed them with snippets. Mm -hmm. So the SDRs can go in and drop these nuggets that they feel are relevant based on the industry persona um, or relationship with, with this individual. Um, so we've got a whole tool bag of things that we deploy for our SDRs. I love it. And how has the SDR team felt about having those cadences, sequences made for them? Because some people are like, yo, like, I don't want that made for me. I want to do it. <laughs> So I kind of know, is there beef or is like, is there like, is everyone chill about this? Cause like we got to I'm not, I'm not a woman who lies and I would be lying <laughs> if I told you they were chill about it. You're absolutely right. Right. Nobody really likes being put into a box. And if you're hiring for the SDRs that we're hiring, right. People who have got fire in the belly, people who are innovative, who are poised to be leaders at Snowflake, um, you know, world-class SDRs. They want to exercise that creativity. They want to innovate. They want to run their own mini labs. Um, and I love that spirit. But to be candid with you as a leader, like to run a global organization, we, we've got to have process. We've got to help them become more efficient. Um, and I think over time, we, we've learned how to sell those changes um, more. Uh, we've, we've learned how to have champions. Um it's funny because if I was an SDR and when I was an SDR, I would have begged for something like this. Um, I don't I don't know the years you were an SDR, Morgan, but man, I didn't even have outreach. I didn't have sales loft. I worked out of spreadsheets. <laughs> uh, those, those were the best practices at the time were spreadsheets. Um, so this is a whole different world. And I, I love this new world, but I get it. When you're an SDR, you want a little bit more creativity. Um, and I think I'll, I'll take the L on this one as a leader. I, I could have certainly sold this one better to the folks so, on our team. So when I was an SDR, I had sales off. I'm based out of Atlanta. I was like, it was right there. So, so we mm, have that. Yeah. But yeah, everything else, no. Like, <laughs> like pretty much was like spreadsheets, 100, 150 calls a day. Like there wasn't, there were no power dollars at that point. There was no intent data, right? Mm -mm. Like, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't. There was no, there was, I mean, I, I guess I was, I started doing it, but there wasn't like people that you're going after posting. Right. So it was like, it's a lot harder. <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of tools out here that, that can be very helpful. Um, but yeah, we were straight up spreadsheets and sales off. That's about, that's like the tech stack extension uh, at the end of the day. And obviously all the data tools out there as well. Yeah. I, we didn't have LinkedIn sales nav. Uh, Sales Loft, when I was an SDR, was still a prospecting tool. Like before that, you had to guess email addresses. It's a very different oh. world now. 
It is. And everyone's like, oh, it's so hard. It's like, oh, I mean, it is. Like, it is hard to get in front of people. I understand that. But that you have so much tech, right, at the end of the day that you could still make a lot of things happen. Um, but, no, that's a really good breakdown. And so I guess the the thing I would actually want to ask you now is you've been an SDR basically, like, I have to call that like pre like prehistoric days, like, <laughs> like literally like you're just in the games, like trying to make it happen. Like you barely make fire. Um, now you can do a whole lot. So has it changed in terms of the medium of how you reach out to people? Like, do you believe that like, okay, when I was an SDR, the phone was it. And then you say the phone's not it now. Or would you say like emails make a comeback? I know either industry and persona is going to be different, but like, what do you believe in right now that's actually leading to the highest conversion rates for your team? So two things. One, uh, and I wouldn't have said this five years ago, but the phones are not dead. Um, I was on a, I was on a Cognizant podcast uh, maybe six months ago and I made that declaration. The phones are not dead and I believe that fully. But I think to really make the phones come alive, you've got to use a multi-channel approach. Um, you've got to make sure that you are calling, that you're calling with value, but you've got to follow that up with voicemails and an email pointing to the voicemail, and you've got to do a LinkedIn touch, give a face to the name. Uh, you've got to have your ABM team also surrounding your prospects and customers with content that's relevant to them, enforcing uh, what your SDR is delivering in their messages. Um, that That is really, I think, the key to success. And when you say multi-touch, can you define that for us? Is it like just like email, phone, social? Uh, don't know if you're a Potter fan or using howlers for people. Like what's going on? Yeah, so it's it's all of the above, right? It's email, it's voicemail, it's phone call. It is WhatsApp in some of our emerging markets is really key for us, particularly yep. in Latin America. It's the LinkedIn touch. It's the reach desk to make sure you're confirming the meeting and that you're keeping your schedule to complete rate high and where it needs to be an sdr's quota will be crushed if they can't if they can schedule these meetings but they can't get them completed um and so that's really something that we're focusing on as well i told you my one thing was meetings completed we can have sdrs create meetings at the wazoo but if they're not getting those prospects and those aes to to meet and to connect and exchange value then it's meaningless um so it is it is about using all of the channels available to you at every point every touch point. And it is about granularly breaking it down. Like that motion has to be broken down in steps. Um, You know, in prehistoric times, we maybe didn't have an understanding of the SDR funnel at that very level, but nowadays it's critical to success. No, absolutely it is. And and, and to your point, like you don't know how people are going to receive information. You don't know if it's, if it's going to be the, if it's going to be email or social or whatever it is, but you want to warm that person up to to get that eventual conversion. But you mentioned that the phones are making a raging comeback. Like what percentage of your meetings are coming from the phone? Um, it's grown this year. And I believe we're going through our QBRs right now. So I don't have the most up-to-date information, but we were mm-hmm. seeing 40, 45% of our meetings in our America's enterprise business um, coming from phones. No, that's awesome, y'all. So that basically means uh, cold calling is not dead, I guess, as they say. So uh, we got the confirmation on that. And then you mentioned before, like you're hiring certain people for Snowflake uh, due to the programs and the degree of granularity you go to make sure everyone on the team is great. So what does your hiring process look like? What are skills that you're looking for? Maybe there's qualities that you look for that other leaders aren't super curious on that. 
Yeah, actually, let me pull up this doc for you because I want to make sure that I do KD justice here. So part of our training with KD was to define our culture and values on the organization and make sure that we are hiring against those. So let me see. Here we go. I got it. I'm, I'm not lying to you. This man changed my life. So I really got to make sure that I, that I do gotta, justice in this. Got to show him love. <laughs> All right. All right. So our first value that we hire against is integrity always. Hmm. Fire in the belly is our second. And you ask about what's unique. This is really unique to our organization and is articulated hmm. from our fearless leader, Lars Nilsson. Fire in the belly is all about um, the thing that drives you, that innate hustle and desire and grit to be successful. It's about resiliency and determination and, and having that competitive spirit. Um, own it is another. Win as a team, I think, really speaks to the collaborative nature that we value at Snowflake and in our sales development org. Then obviously coachability. You know, you and I were going back and forth about basketball. Um, we talk about Kobe. You know, Kobe is great because he's great, but he also, he had Phil Jackson who helped make him great. Um, I I don't know that Steph Curry is Steph Curry without Steve Kerr, right? He had Mark Jackson with him, yep. but Steve Kerr really unlocked him. I don't think Draymond's a Hall of Famer without Steve Kerr. Clay Thompson isn't a Hall of Famer without Steve Kerr, right? So mm -hmm. are you willing to hear feedback from others? Are you willing to place yourself mm -hmm. within an organization to understand your role and understand how your talents become superpowers, but for others? Um, those are the kinds of things that we look for. And in terms of the process, We've got the manager screen, you speak to another leader, and then you do a presentation um, to a prospective customer and, and you do um, a mock cold call for us. So that last round is really about showcasing the skills that you might need. And again, we're often taking new grads, so we don't ask them to be perfect there, but we do look for, how did you approach this? How did you weave your narrative? How did you prep for your sales call? How did you do the research on this company's initiatives? What did you what did you leave out? What was your thought process behind that? That's the kind of stuff that we look for. When we give you feedback, are you open to it or, or do you say, I don't agree with it? Okay, so this is interesting. If someone doesn't agree with it, are they automatically disqualified? <laughs> I, guess I, I, was like, you would ask, I was hoping you would ask me about that. I yeah, that like, hold head. up. Like, what if they, like, have a follow-up say, I don't agree with this. Here's what I'm thinking, but I'm open to the – I guess it depends on how they deliver. This is – I'm glad you caught me on that because as soon as I said that, I actually – I believe and I champion people who challenge the status quo, right? Like, people always ask me, what are your personal top three qualities? And number two for me is always folks who challenge the status quo. So to your point, I don't mind if they challenge it. Um, but if they're resistant to it, without a why, if they're not critically engaged in that discussion, that shows me that they are probably not going to be interested in hearing feedback when they join the team. Um, and I think, I think everyone has a chance to get better. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the game. Uh, you should take into consideration um, what other people have to say, as long as you believe and trust that they are invested in making you better. Okay. I believe that. I think, yeah, because I, I was like, wait, hold on. If they don't agree, <laughs> like, I don't know, then you don't have a, you don't have a group of diverse thoughts that could propel the organization. But yeah. to your point, it's like, it depends on how they say it. 
Are they just being, because I think there's some people who just like to be rebels to be rebels, but I think there are also people who challenge the status quo because they're like, there could be a better way. We collaborate on that together. Yeah. Yeah. So my third thing, when people ask me personally, what I hire for is, uh, so if two is be, uh, someone who challenges the status quo, three is yeah. someone who's a change agent. So uh, there's not really much room for people who complain just to complain or rebels, you know, without without a cause. But if you're actually right. throwing up um, an argument or a disagreement in service of of something higher, then that that's important. That's necessary. That's needed. Okay, we got that clarified because some people are like, <laughs> you just kicking everybody out. Like that's the deal. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Otherwise, people will be thinking I'm a, I'm a dictator over here. Yeah, look, I just try to help you out, right? We're just trying to make you look good. <laughs> I appreciate right. you. Uh, no, of course, of course. So someone someone comes in, um, even if they do disagree, they're, they're in the organization as long as they deliver it the right way. Uh, without, I mean, you can go deep here, but obviously there's a lot of pieces to this. Uh, so it doesn't have to be too crazy long of an answer. 30, 60, 90. How do you go about it? And then once you walk us through that, where do people go wrong with this 3069? So first 30 days, God bless our SDR ops team. We've got a sales development academy that is focused on learning product persona, people in the organization. So they go through cold call training with Josh Braun. They go through product overviews. And every Friday they go through a certification like process for our leaders um, have them do mock calls. They put them in hot seats to test their product knowledge. World-class stuff there. Then days 31 through 60, they're meeting with their AEs. They're getting to know their book of business. They're loading up sequences. And, and we have seen um, in the fullness of time um, and with a global organization of 250 people, man, the data that we get is so meaningful. So 15 prospects added a day, 50 calls a day, if you hold to our conversion rates, that should get you to your quota, right? So it's really about fine tuning that process, time blocking. Um, how do you run an effective one-on-one with your AE? And then, you know, days 61 through 90, hopefully you're hitting your quota. You filled your top of funnel to start getting the momentum to hit that. You've built the good practices. Yep. Where do people go wrong in this? Oh my gosh, so many places. <laughs> It's the one-on-ones with their AEs, right? If you're not showing up as a as a business partner, but instead you believe your role is administrative, that, that's that's not good. If you're not going in and saying, hey, tell me the accounts you want to focus on. And if you're not partnering to say, these are the personas I think we should focus on here. This is the messaging that I think would be really effective there. And if you're not using that opportunity to workshop, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. I mentioned time blocking. If you are not dedicating blocks of time to calling, to research, to sending out those 15 touches a day, you're going to do what I did as an SDR and you're going to be so lost because you're not leveraging the tools around you to be effective. Um, I was actually a really good SDR, but man, I didn't have the tools uh, <laughs> present that these, that these uh, folks have today. Um, if you're not setting goals for yourself on a daily basis, right? If you're not walking backwards and partnering with your manager to say, hey, uh, can you coach me on this call? I've noticed that my call to meeting rate is going down. If you're not owning those metrics, um, you're not going to be successful as an SDR. What do you think is the number one me- metric that an SDR should focus on? 
It depends where they are in their tenure, right? I think as uh, an SDR in your first 90 days, it really is about the discipline of building that muscle to get those touches out. Once you're out of those 90 days, focusing more on your conversion rate and quality, you may be able to be effective with 12 touches a day or 45 calls a day if you're finding that you're really effective on LinkedIn, right? And that your conversion rates are higher there. This is where we really lean on our SDRs to to run those labs. Um, I, I think right now uh, that those would be the two most important things that I would focus on as an early stage SDR and as a manager leading those SDRs. Last part, super important, manager knowing what those metrics are too, so they can hold those SDRs to it and they can go execute, which then leads to our, our last question here. You've been in sales development and leadership for the past decade. We're going into 2024 very quickly. We only got like six weeks left, like yeah. legitimately, right? So what advice would you give to leaders right now going into 2024 on what they should pay attention to? Um, and this could be something you're paying attention to as well. So man, KD uh, just gave me so many nuggets and I'm giving him so much love right now. Um, he, he talks about wiggle or what good looks like. Um, I'm also going through this process right now. Who are the examples and the shining stars that we want to hold up? Um, as, as what greatness looks like and what others should aspire to. Who are the Kobe's and who are the Steph's of the game right now? And what is it that they do great? And it's not, it's not just that they make the shots, right? But it's the, the work and the behaviors that go into that. Kobe was always in the gym at 4 a.m. He was setting the tone. Steph in the 2021 season was always the first guy in the weight room after the game. Mm -hmm. I, I hate this example, um, but I think it, it's a good one. The Suns, after they beat the Warriors on opening night, there were pictures of the yep. like the, the makeshift weight room at Chase Center. And they were all lifting weights. You had KD lifting weights in there. Devin Booker lifting weights in there. Study what greatness looks like, what the behaviors are, um, and hold those folks up so they can be the leaders on your team as well. I, I don't, my philosophy as a leader is it shouldn't start with me but I should mm -hmm. help shine the light on the greatness of others. So that's, that's something that I would, I am thinking about and I would encourage other leaders to think about going into these last six weeks of the year. I love that a lot. What you said is like helping shine the light on others. I think that's on point, right? Being that servant leader, diving into those different techniques, strategies for whatever the reps that are and, and doing that. And I want to compound on this as we wrap up. I know we talked a lot about sports because we literally were talking this before we got on this spot. Yeah. We were literally yeah. talking about sports. That's where we're deep in it right now. Um, but you actually can find the greatness in any craft or field uh, that you're passionate in, whether it's painting, production, et cetera. I've been studying a lot of like production mm -hmm. lately. And so like there's greatness in that if you actually take the time to learn. So whatever you're passionate in or hobby, dive into that and figure out who's the best at that. And it'll actually get you excited to figure out what greatness does look like across all spectrums. But Emerald, thanks so much for hopping on uh, today. Enjoyed our insights, enjoyed our conversation. And hopefully you all enjoyed the tips and strategies as well. And we'll see you all in the next one. All right, Morgan, thanks for the time today. Thanks for having me.